0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There are a bunch of Baker Mayfield numbers that will be impressive to you when we go through them. Here's the one, Steve, that I came, came away with that I went, what? So, Baker Mayfield, who threw four touchdown passes in beating the Green Bay Packers 34 to 20 at Lambeau Field 381 yards passing that's a season high as well. He is the first visiting quarterback at Lambeau in against the Packers in the history of the game to finish a game in Lambeau with a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Not Stolvack, right? not Aikman, not, I don't know, Jim McMahon, <laughs> um, <laughs> Steve Young, Joe Montana, none of those guys that played in Lambeau. Randall Cunningham. I mean, go down the list, man. Well, even Trent the, well,
1: Steve Young's, Joe Montana's.
0: Yeah. Joe Cap,
1: Troy Aikman's.
0: Yeah. Aikman in there, too. Steve Walsh. I mean. You know, there's been a lot of guys. Even right? Brett
1: Favre is a visitor.
0: Brett Favre is a visitor. Very good. Very good. Craig Erickson. Nobody. I tell you, nobody has gone to Lambeau and been perfect with a passer rating. And Baker Mayfield was ever to do it. I'm telling you, this was an impressive win by the Buccaneers. Um, in in a must-win situation where they're now 7-7 seven and seven and in control, as they were coming into the game, in control of the NFC South. Atlanta, God help them, lost on a last-second field goal, 9-7 to at Carolina, Eddie Panero doing the, uh, the honors. So they separate themselves a little bit from the Falcons, who now are spiraling a little bit. But I thought it was their most complete game. We've got drama to talk about in Devin White. We'll tell you what went on there is he was inactive for this game, surprisingly so at least to most of us, and maybe to his head coach. Yeah, just just so much great stuff, including, wasn't it three weeks ago that Chris Godwin didn't have a catch? I think just three weeks. And on Sunday, he had 10 for 155. 155.
1: Who says social media doesn't influence anything?
0: Yeah, exactly. Or his wife, for that matter um and and then, of course, you know once again, you had a pretty good game from Rashad White, who averaged four point two he goes for eighty nine yards he had ninety nine yards rushing mm-hmm. on the day, and he spit out another touchdown this one receiving I think he's got eight on the season total now it just they feel like a team and look like a team that's surging and doing what you're starting to see these teams separate in some of these divisions. They're playing their best football in December, and it doesn't feel like an accident. It feels like the young guys have grown up, the ones they're having to play. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, after two poor games, I wrote about it in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times on tempe.com. you know, he only completed 48.3% of his passes in each of the last two games. Well, he far exceeded that, obviously, when you go 22 of 28 for 381 and four tutties, but it, I was very impressed. They could have beaten a lot of teams on this day. Now, their defense, you know, gives up the early score. Uh, if Baker had a fault, it was yes. he held the ball too long. Yeah,
1: he had the fumble, which you thought, uh, uh-oh. Sack so fumble. You had stopped yep. him on fourth and two, yep. took the ball over, and then on the second play, he held it way too long to yes, be sitting did. on his five-yard line or whatever he was
0: yes he did and he was sacked five times so a couple of those i thought he just did exactly that i thought he held the ball too much um but they came back and you know in a great look give credit where credit is due dave Canales, who i have you know Mm -hmm. questioned a lot of his game plans throughout the year um but he's a first-time play caller and that's what you got he was all over joe barry like i I wouldn't want I know Joe Barry and quite frankly I like Joe Barry and, and he's Rod Marinelli's son-in-law and all that. No know him very well. Um, he's had success. I don't want to be him on Monday today, because I I I don't I think this defense has got issues and I, I think some of it's schematic. I wasn't sure what they were trying to do. Like, you know, there's a Tampa 2 team for the most part, but they played a lot of single high, a lot of zone. And for the most part, you know, Baker just shredded them, as did Mike Evans and certainly Chris Godwin. You also <laughs> how about your boy? This this could have been cataclysmic, by the way. We could be talking about a totally different story if if we really wanted to. Had this gone had this gone awry. David Moore, the receiver that they got from the Seahawks, hasn't had a touchdown since twenty twenty one, I believe. Um He breaks the game open, like wide open, because it's going to be a seven-point game. And he catches one out, you know, in a stick route, and makes the linebacker miss. The safety comes over, he misses, and he's off to the races for a touchdown, right? 52 yards, that's the exclamation point. That's the one that's going to put him away. And as he gets right to the goal line, he extends his arms and almost... Almost, he lets the ball go. Look for the all the world like, uh-oh. He let that thing go before he crossed the goal line. This is a touchback, not a touchdown. And the Packers reviewed it as I think you should because it's scoring play. But I, it, it had to be within a hair of him laying that ball down that he had crossed the goal line. I mean, he couldn't have, he couldn't have been in there for more than a tick. And they were very fortunate that uh, they got away with that. But four different receivers, Baker Mayfield threw a touchdown pass to, inclu- including Co Keeft. Who? Yeah. Remember <laughs> Coe? He had like three of the first first, first four targets in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and then we haven't seen him since. And
1: remember, yeah, remember, Baker missed him on a surefire touchdown in that first game.
0: He did, yeah. And, of course, he's one of the most unathletic guys, so you just practically have to hand it to him. But um, But he got in the end zone. So you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. I'm telling you. They look like a really good football team, not not just an also ran. you know it's interesting, and you know who you are. look, I'm not predicting that these guys will if they win the south i I would not bet a whole lot and I'm not a better anyway, but I would not put a whole lot of of your money, Steve, on them winning a playoff game. I mean, I just I don't, appreciate that, yeah, I'm doing it for you i i I just don't know that that there's a team and it would probably be either Philadelphia or Dallas, right, and oh boy, what about the Cowboys? How about Cowboys? Um, They laid an egg to the Buffalo. Eh, the Buffalo Bills. No one circles the wagons. But I, I don't know that they're going to, if they get there, I don't know that they're going to win a game. But I'll tell you what. If they play the way they did today, or on Sunday, rather, in Green Bay, they could beat a lot of teams. They could beat struggling Philadelphia. They could at home. When you play like that, like when you can run it and throw it, that's what we've been waiting for, right? They just started running a little bit, and Baker was struggling a little bit with with his accuracy, and you know, still holding the ball too much uh, as he did Sunday. But if they can run it and throw it with any efficiency that they've had, particularly in this game, they could they could win a game. They really could. I mean, it's it's why you play them, you just, and you don't know who's going to show up when you do play them. You know, this team has got some injuries and some that. They didn't think we're that injured, but apparently are. Um, nah, nah, so nah. Uh, yeah, nah, a little bit. Uh, that brings us, and we'll get into this here in just a second. Oh my goodness, what is going on with Devin White? I got facts, and then I also have theories. But
1: well, before we get to Devin, though, yeah, and, and as you said, this team is starting to play its best football, and we're now December. 18th as you're listening to this podcast yeah
0: man we're talking christmas is around the corner here.
1: i mean let's some of the people we've been critical of mm-hmm. and we're question marks coming in the season rashad white That's, right has improved dramatically this season
0: i give him all the flowers i can come up yeah. with i i think i i was anti-rashad i thought you know what this guy has been in the league for over a year he hasn't had out but one 100 yard game mm-hmm. special shows up early like i didn't get it right i i, I didn't i didn't see it and all of a sudden, he is number two, I think, Steve, in the NFL in all purpose yards. Mm-hmm. Number two.
1: Now, I'm not sure he's an RB1 yet. Uh, you know, uh, every day, every down back there. Mm-hmm. But I really like what Dave Canales is doing mm-hmm. to get him the ball. And not just too. in the passing game, which he's been fantastic at, but yeah. finding how to get him in advantageous running situations. And mm-hmm. and the play calling and what he's done there. And the offensive line's gotten better.
0: It's gotten much better.
1: You know, we talked all year about they could pass protect, but they couldn't run protect. They're doing right. a much better job of that. And and, you know, as maligned as this offensive line has been for years now. You know, mm-hmm. to see the to see their growth, and I think you have to credit Dave Canales and and the players and the staff and all that, I think they've adjusted some of the game playing plans. I think mm-hmm. they've, they've, you know, f- they're figuring out what they do well and how they do it well. Correct. Figuring out how, ways to do that more.
0: They have their identity. That's mm-hmm. what you're saying is that they've found mm-hmm. an identity. And one of the things Canals talked about this week was, look, we figured out that the pistol formation, which is where your quarterback is not under center, he's in a shotgun, but he's not all the way back, right? He's about three yards back. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the tailback behind him. Out of that formation, Baker, whether it's RPOs or what have you, uh, he can kind of read uh, the fronts and the defenses pretty well back there. Uh, and then he can decide whether to hand the ball to Rashad or out of that formation, Rashad can also you can get play action and get the ball checked down to him in the flats and stuff. And you can run screen game off of it. Everything kind of flows through that sort of one formation, that pistol formation. And that's been the difference is that, you're right. They they have now got a nice mix of Rashad, both in the passing game and the running game. Whether it's inside runs, and he's also he's also become more physical player. He's not doing the mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, you know, hesitation move. Um, they they talked to him back as far back as when they played Buffalo. Skip Pete sat him down and said, "I need you to be violent. You need to be a violent runner. You're a big back." You know what he reminds me of, and I, mean, I I'll give Scott Reynolds credit for, uh, for this. Was the pure report. I think he's right. He's Alvin Kamara-ish. That's who he is. You know, Alvin Kamara hasn't had—if I don't know—he's had a thousand-yard season. I'm not sure that he has, but he's made a bunch of Pro Bowls because all he does is score touchdowns, right? He—he can—he mm-hmm. can do it in the run game, and he can really do it in the pass game. And when you play the Saints, you have to find a way to stop him because he's so effective in both. And that's—that's that's more sort of what Rashad has been, you know. He's been the all per you're right. He's a he's a he's a number one on this team, but he's really just been kind of an all purpose back. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten some good play out of Chase Edmonds that has allowed White to be fresh, you know, late in games. And so that's I think that's helped as well.
1: You're right. Camaro, nine thirty two is the most he's had in the season.
0: Isn't that amazing? And well, he's had Kamara- he's
1: had at least seven hundred and twenty-eight every season. Not the this year yet, but we still got more games. Total to yards, yeah. But but then you look at his receiving because it's with him, it's the total game. He's had at least 400 yards receiving every season of his career,
0: right? And you know what, Rashad could do that mm-hmm. the way he's talented enough to do that. He's a good route yep. runner. If you watch him on a linebacker win option routes, they they cannot cover him man to man. Nope. You know he stems it so well. He, you cannot cover the guy. So I've been real impressed with with what he has done and the maturity he's shown and how quickly. He's turned his game around, you know, um, and that that's what's made the offense go. Because you, if you're a one dimensional, that just wasn't going to work. You're always going to be in the cover two shell. Again, I don't know what Joe Barry was thinking today, but they played a lot of zone. They mixed it up, and and really, you know, Baker and and Mike and those guys just put a lot of pressure on on their defense. You know, they they were really guessing, you know, sort of what. Was going to hit him next, and you know he stayed after it, even when he made the bad play. And that's the other part of this that's that's important. I've seen quarterbacks go to Lambeau and make that play that Baker made, where you hold the ball, you get the sack, fumble, and they score a touchdown, and never recover. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, most of the quarterbacks I've seen. Remember, until Sunday, the Bucks were one in fourteen at Lambeau during the regular season since 1990 when I started. Okay, so. That's how bad they played up there. And of course, they played against really good teams and Brett Favre and, you know, yeah, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't think Jordan Love is in that category. Jordan Love did some nice things, especially when the play broke down. Where he hurt them on defense was when he got outside the pocket, and it was kind of a scramble drill. And that's where they got hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, made a great play for a touchdown. It was an unbelievable catch by Reed. I think Zion had good coverage on him but um they didn't throw the ball over their heads you know that was important they had some chunk plays but they didn't, they didn't throw any over their heads for touchdowns so a good solid team win three in a row now and three more to play starting with Jacksonville which is losing decisively against Baltimore as we as we do this podcast well oh, and, by the way and John Romano pointed out too
1: this is key with mm-hmm. Atlanta losing on Sunday yeah the buccaneers do not have to beat jacksonville and they still control their own
0: destiny that is correct and they don't have to they may not have to win the division to make the playoffs
1: no but i'm saying because if you want to win the division sure. and you want to get yeah. that home playoff game right you but can you lose t- to, to a good jacksonville team although they're they're going to lose 3 in a row but
0: they're good yeah yeah
1: um but if if you lose to them at home on christmas eve you still control yeah. your own destiny to win the division you
0: just got to win your final too yeah mm-hmm. Because, and then Atlanta has to play New Orleans. I know Atlanta is not playing well. They lost their last two, but they've still got to play the Saints as well in the, in the final week of the season. It's going to come down, I think, to the Saints game because I don't think Carolina is going to beat the Bucks if they have to just win to get in. You know, I could be wrong. Carolina did win against Atlanta, but I, I didn't see the game. I don't know. I, I just think – I think the Falcons are so limited with that quarterback that Arthur Smith can run it all he wants to. He just can't score enough points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're just asking your defense to be like fantastic. And they were, but they, you know, they gave up what three field goals and lost. So, um, there's, there's gonna, you want to talk about coaching changes. There's one that could happen there. Um, and by the way, on that subject, before we get to Devin White, and I don't know what's going to happen. Look, if they get blown out these last three games, right? it's a week to week league, everything can change, but I happen to be down in uh the stairwell there at Lambeau. It kind of came down together with the owners. Uh it was uh Joel Glazer, Brian Glazer, Abram Glazer, I think was there. I don't know if I saw Darcy or not. Um and they were all, as they do, went after a win, especially greeting coaches, players, everybody. I got a video I might post of the Glazers greeting Todd Bowles. Again, you never say never, right? Because it's a, what have you done for me lately, league? But I'll tell you what—that doesn't—that did not feel like a coach that they don't like or that they don't want coaching their team. I'm just telling you. They—they um, they obviously were very happy with the win at Green Bay, but you know that's three in a row. If they win the division, you're telling me, or somebody going to tell me that they're going to go back to back to back division champions, and they're going to fire the coach that won two of those. I don't care what your record was. And I think they're going to win. I mean, I, they have a legit chance to win nine games, right? And I and I, we said at the beginning of the, of the year, Steve, going through the, the schedule, I felt the very upside, like the highest, up, the ceiling for them was 10 wins, right? And I really, I think I picked them to be 9-8 and eight instead of 8-9. That's a one-game difference. That's not a ton, right? But you don't have the greatest quarterback of all time. You don't have Julio Jones. You don't have Kyle Rudolph. You don't have... A bunch of free agents that Tom Brady brought in. You don't have Ryan Jensen. Uh they didn't have him last year either, but you know you know my point. And so to to have one one be one game better to win the division with this group, the way they did it, right? Starting with a new quarterback that nobody wanted. Um, fourth team in 17 months. Um, you know, don't look now, but like what is it? I think Baker has like I don't know, was it twenty six touchdowns? and eight interceptions, something like that. I mean, it's happened one hell of a year. You know, he could finish, he could be like a 30 and, I don't know, 30 and 10 guy, you know. That's that's hard to do in this league. That's not, you know, that, that puts you pretty high up as far as, you know, touchdown interception ratio. Yeah, he's got 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions. So with three games to play, we got two a game. He'd be there. He'd be at thirty, which is which is possible. Mm-hmm. Over 3,315 3, yards passing, so he has a a good you know a shot at I don't know four thousand yards. That's a hell of a season, you know, for a guy that nobody wanted, right? As a starter, nobody wanted him. He signed for four million dollars, and as Todd Bowles says after the game, he goes, "Look, he has been everything to us. Mm-hmm. He has checked every box. He has been." A leader. He has been resilient. Um, you know, he's come in. He's learned the offense. He's protected the football. He's made big plays when we needed him to. I just, I don't know what people expected of Baker Mayfield, but I think he's exceeded it. I think he's, you know, certainly done more than what I think he's given credit for. Well, as now I, is he perfect? As, no.
1: as Todd Bowles
0: talked about him early, he's got Moxie. He's got Moxie. <laughs> I love that word mm-hmm. yeah no he does and here's the thing like I like I said the sack fumble touchdown you know after that that would have melted a lot of quarterbacks at that venue in that game with all that on the line it just would have there's no doubt in my mind it would have all right we're, we're gonna get to Devin white and I'm going to tell you what I know and what I think and i I broke some of this news after the game on Sunday if you want to check it out. Uh, We'll get to that in just a second. But first, you know, for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar, they've been installing solar energy systems in Florida. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service, while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors. They've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year No cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means, yes, for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means your roof, your electrical, and your equipment replacement is covered. Now, Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. This policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program in May Electric Solar. Their reputation and history of workmanship is what has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit com. All right, if you're still listening, you know that uh you'll have to forgive me because I screwed up again. I left town in a haste. By the way, it was supposed to be like the storm of the century. And I kinda maybe did a little bit of a panic move to make sure I got out of there on Friday, not Saturday. Did we get anything? Did we get I saw there was some flooding maybe. Oh, there was
1: some flooding. Like, I saw Bayshore Boulevard was flooded and, and some of the coastal yeah. areas and that. Yeah. I mean there was some Heavy rain. Yeah, heavy rain, spotty, you know, flooding in, in coastal areas. Okay. If, if you're further inland and stuff, I, you, you know, you had some rain, but.
0: Yeah. Know. Well, in my haste, I left without my microphone. It's happened twice. I, it's unforgivable, especially for this podcast. But we know you guys are used to the high production quality that we provide. And listen. You're getting it anyway, right? I am just sound like I'm a little further away in, in a tin can. Well, but
1: you came to me and said you couldn't go today, and I said, no, you're going.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. That's exactly what we were told Devin White said, which is a segue in the business. Nicely done. Um, so let's talk about Devin White, shall we? So right before the game, the inactive lists are coming out. And I think Stacy Dales may have been the first, because after all, they get the inactive list because they are the NFL. if you think about it, they're NFL network, right? Um, and Devin White is inactive, which made no sense from the standpoint that Devin White practice on Thursday and practice on Friday, full participation, not limited, full. When a player is full, that generally means he's good to go, and in fact, he was listed as questionable, but so was Chris Godwin, who went. So was Vitavea, who went, right? Um, Questionable technically means it's 50-50. He may go, he may not. But I think everybody, including his teammates, expected Devin White to play in that game, or at least be available to them. Well, right before the game, we heard Devin White is inactive, and then we heard Coach's decision. Now, that sounds ominous, right? That sounds like, ooh, did he miss a curfew? Did he miss the bus? Like, what happened? It was none of that. Um, after hearing it was a coach's decision, we learned that he said, quote, that he couldn't go. Just couldn't go on Sunday. Okay, now he's had had the foot injury. Again, practice Thursday, practice Friday. Flew with the team on the plane. And I think everybody, including Todd Bowles, expected him to play. Subsequent to the game, however, because none of this passed the smell test, right? The late scratch, the belief that he was healthy to begin with, um, you know, sort of all of that, right? And, And then I learned and reported that, yes, Devin did tell him. That he couldn't go. But he did so after learning that he wasn't starting the game. That they were going to go with KJ Britt as the starter. Doesn't mean we're going to play, but we're going to start. I think we got a problem. (laughs) I think this is a problem. Okay? Now, the Bucs are in a funny way because the guy is on the injury list, and if he says he can't go, you can't make an injured player play. Okay? So presumably he could be injured the rest of the season i don't know but this is what uh, so i reported that he said he couldn't go after learning he wasn't going to play or start not play start now here's what i've been told that they've been sort of down on him for a little while, not because of the injury, because he's had a hurt foot, legit. But just in general, like there's a buy-in on this team right now. You can see the young guys playing better, the Zion McCallums and the, you know, Kalijah Canseys and and you know even KJ Britt, right? And they've had injuries at safety, and so you got Kevon Mayweather. You got guys out there that are playing young players, and they're doing a good job, and they're busting their butts doing it. And then you got this guy who, look, he's a phenomenal talent, was anyway. As a rookie, second year, the plays he made to help them win a Super Bowl was legit. Can't take that away. Legit stud plays. He's not that guy anymore. And worse than that, I think they're just, I think I'm told that certainly a lot of coaches, people in the front office perhaps, But his teammates have kind of had it with him, kind of done with him. And if that's the case, I don't think you can play him the rest of the year. I don't see how he gets back in with his team. Now, again, he can say he's injured, and maybe there's some validity to it because he was on the report, and he missed two games prior to this one. But if guys think that he's not going to be there for them at the most critical time in the season when they have to win every game, I don't think you want that guy next to you on the field.
1: Well, we kind of went through this last year with him a little bit. Mm -hmm. In the play that, you know, everyone saw that that he loafed, And we heard and knew, and you reported, teammates were
0: picked. They were, yeah. you know, Especially Levante David. I'm not Mm -hmm. putting words in his mouth, but I just did. I think Levante, who has spent a lot of time with David, is Mm disappointed. Because Levante is the guy that lines up next to him, and he's his mentor. And he's the one that does things the right way. Look, Levante's not healthy at all. He's playing with a bad groin and, and he's out there, not as fast as he once was, but he's still making plays and he's giving everybody everything they that they can get from him, right? There's a dude that's 33, 30 years, almost 34 years old, and he's playing for $4.5 million, not 11.7, and then sneezing at it because it's not 100 million, I'm talking about. So, I got to believe that that guy is just like, what? Like, dude, you know, really? You're not here for us when we need you. You're not here for the stretch run. You're not, you know, you can't go. I can't go. I've never heard of a player say on game day when he's expected to play, I can't go. Because, you know, we, we. I mean, he, again, he was questionable. But Todd Bulls on Friday usually tells us who's really questionable and who's out and, you know, so on and so forth. And who's a game time decision. At no point did he say Devin White was a game time decision, even though he was questionable. Never said it. But he was a scratch, and he scratched himself. He took himself out. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I really don't. I, I could, I could easily make the argument that he should not be active for another game this year. That he's played his last game for the Bucks. He won't play for them next year. That much I know.
1: I think it would be very hard for Todd Bowles to put him back in if the team is ticked as you've reported mm-hmm.
0: now mm-hmm. or just after what he i mean if you don't believe he's hurt or hurt enough mm-hmm. if you think that he pulled himself out, yes using the ankle as a as an excuse because in protest of not starting, that's all you need to know, like if they believe that. And the other thing, you know, with Todd saying, well, you'd have to go ask him, but I'm sure he's going to tell you he was injured. Well, wait, what? (laughs) He's going to tell me he was injured. Either he is or he isn't, right? Because you have trainers, you have, you know, they went through the rehab. They went through the practices. They held him out on Wednesday. Then he did some stuff on Thursday and Friday. He wasn't limited. You know, it was full participation. Now I know they're not, you know. It's not in pads. Like, they're not going after it out there Mm -hmm. this late in the season. But still, he did everything he was required to do. Uh, I don't know how he finishes the year. I've seen this team send Keyshawn Johnson home because, not the same thing, but he he got into it with John Gruden and was mad he didn't get a catch. Gruden was favoring McCardell and others and stayed in San Francisco to go to some Parents meeting or whatever, and and didn't fly home with the team. Next thing you know, he's he's inactive for the the remaining of the season. Um, we we've seen this, you know, through the years. Guys get waived, guys get cut. they have seen Antonio contents.
1: Brown leave at halftime and take an Uber. <laughs> That's
0: right. Well, listen, along those lines, I did my due diligence. I checked because I was thinking, what if he's Antonio Brown today? Right? Like not that he took off his shirt at halftime. Like that was fairly obvious the guy quit, right? Like legit went nuts and quit. It was like Jimmy Pearson Fear Strikes Out, I expect him to start climbing a screen or something. But uh you know, he uh we saw that unfurl. But I, I actually had to ask somebody because I didn't see him in the locker room. I didn't see him go into the locker room and I didn't see him when I when I was in the locker room. I would ask, is he with you guys? <laughs> like, did he fly home? Or, or or was this one of those Uber deals where we're gonna get like a Instagram soon? It's like, nah, nah, he's with us. Everything's good. As far as transportation goes, I don't mean everything's good, but everything's pretty good. Yeah, crazy. Crazy story, man. And they win anyway. They win they win in spite of him not playing. Well, and, and that's that's the, that's the
1: thing, is of so what? For the last three weeks he hasn't played. That's correct. And they're playing some of their best football.
0: <laughs> they indeed are. And you know KJ Brett, even though he got knocked out the first game after six plays, had two tackles, came back the last two games, I think he's had a total of 17 mm-hmm. Sixteen or seventeen tackles. A couple for loss. Like he's played good ball. You know, and they've won they've won both games. All three, in fact. So yeah, I don't I don't think you want to mess with the soup. You know what I mean? Like it's the it's, the recipe's pretty good. And, and and I think this is a case where if you're Todd Bowles, you'll go with the lesser talent right? that you know you're going to get everything from and he's going to be in the right place. He may not be the splash player. He may not have the athletic ability and the speed that the other guy has. But at least you know what to expect. You know what you're getting. I don't think you can honestly put Devin White on the field and know what you're going to get. Injury aside, if he's on the field, I don't think you know. And where's where's it where's his headspace, you know? So for that reason, it's gonna be an interesting press conference today because there'll be more on Devin White, and maybe at some point Devin White will have to face some music again, right? But you just wonder, like for him, is it is it about? Well, I can't if I can't start that that really hurts my my brand, right? Like that. Now now I'm not I'm looking for a hundred million dollars from somebody, but these guys won't even play me. Like you wonder if he's just protecting his future there, you know I don't know. we didn't have a chance to talk to him, so we we really don't know and and i I'm the one I hate to tell I hate it when other people tell me that this guy is soft or this guy should play, and you know he's not really that injured like it's not you're not feeling the pain, you know what I mean like you can't tell somebody whether they're injured or not. <laughs>
1: But but so, it is different if his teammates and his coaches in front office, and this is an if, but if they feel that he was good enough to go.
0: And they watched him. Yeah.
1: I mean, that that's different than a than fan saying it or someone True. watching on TV. I mean, you know, if his teammates are thinking, feeling, saying that,
0: mm-hmm. that's when it becomes a big problem. Yeah. So, you know. It'll be interesting. Maybe they make him inactive the rest of the year. You know, uh, maybe they agree to to go home permanently. I don't know what to expect. They're not. I, w- I would say this. I don't think they're going to cut him because I don't think they want to see him pick up and go somewhere else and be in a playoffs and reward the guy for not, you know, for shutting it down if that's what he's doing.
1: Well, the the other thing is you don't know what the
0: future holds. <laughs> that's you know, true you too. Know. You get more injuries and need them. Yeah. Mhm. And then what? Mhm. So better to keep the waters calm and and give him the benefit of the doubt. In this case that, that his foot is is a problem and he can't go. But in the world of in the war world of public opinion um he's he's losing that. And losing it fast, and it's a shame that's I, what
1: we're talking about after the Bucks win their third
0: game in a row. Oh, I know, I know, but we did spend the first few. minutes.
1: No, I, I'm, I, I, I'm just saying in general. But like, no, that's as the a big Bucks story. Fan, if
0: you look, yeah, if you look at our website, the biggest red story right now um, from this Sunday in, in Green Bay is Devin White. Mm-hmm.
1: But as a Bucks fan, you know, you went through that stretch of losing what six out of seven, six out of seven,
0: terrible stretch. Yeah,
1: you know now. You've won three in a row. You control your own destiny, even if you lose this coming Sunday. That's incredible, isn't it? You still control your own destiny Mm -hmm. with games Mm -hmm. against the Saints and the Panthers, Mm -hmm. very winnable games. Mm -hmm. And yet you have to spend time talking about Devin White. I know. Not playing. And if, if, if what you've reported, if it turns out he could have gone but chose not to because he didn't start, and, and that's what it looks like. If if that's the case, that's just, that's frustrating as a fan.
0: Yeah. And it's frustrating to the team. And I mean, a year ago, different situation, but Antonio Brown quit on his team, got sent home, took an Uber and didn't even come home with the team. But that team was on the verge of making the playoffs too, you know, like, and they did make the playoffs and they got thumped by Philadelphia in the wild card, but um, they could have used Antonio Brown a motivated, healthy Antonio Brown, and they didn't have him because he just, you know, started doing his own thing, which is is the danger here, you know, and nobody, and I mean to tell you, I've heard a lot of players back coaches before. I've never heard an entire staff back Devin White these last couple of years like this, you know, like this coaching staff. I mean, blindly backing him, like just can do no wrong. Like we're not even watching the same things. And so but here we are. Who's gonna hold him accountable now? Well Top Bulls just did. Now we'll see what happens going forward. But yeah, it was kind of a kind of an awkward moment when Bull says, I'm sure if you ask him, he'll tell you he was injured. <laughs> okay. Not sure that's the way you answer it, but all right. Oh my goodness. Anyway, win, 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 Bucks. Home against Jacksonville. Then they have two more games after that. Home against the Saints and finish up at Carolina. If they are to, if they run it, if they win out, if they win these next three games, Jacksonville suddenly looks vulnerable. Okay. Steve, that will be seven in a row. They won eight in a row, including the Super Bowl with Tom Brady.
1: Well if they win the next should be six in a
0: row. Or six in a row, I'm sorry. Jackson, yeah. Seven? Yeah, yeah, six in a row. Yeah. So that's that's pretty imp- – it's hard to win six in a row in this league.
1: But, but even if you lose Jacksonville and win the next two, to win five, five be- of your last six after you had lost six of seven going into that.
0: That's the turnaround, yeah. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That means you still have your team. And this is the thing that people – oh, they've uh, given up. Bowles is a terrible co- And – I'm not going to stand up here on my mm. chair and bang the drum for Todd Bowles. His record is what it is, folks. You know, that's for the Glazers to decide. But if he takes this team with his salary cap, with his quarterback, with all these things that, that played poorly, um, young players everywhere, if he takes that and turns that around, I don't know what your – what were your expectations? Like, what did you think you have here? Um, but I, I think I think they're right on schedule with what I believe they were, which was a nine-win team at best. You know, ten if everything went absolutely right, and you got some breaks, but they didn't. Um, but now they've beaten, and I know that the Packers came in with the same record, under 500. But I think the Packers are a good football team. I think they've they've had some tough games. Jordan Love played really well at times. You know, they made they made some mistakes, and the Bucks took advantage of them. That's all. But it was a, it was a it was a huge win. And huge for Baker Mayfield, who I assure you on all the national t v shows and n f l shows that's who they'll be talking about because you just don't go in the Lambo and throw a perfect pass for he'll, the, he'll be the
1: he'll be the n f c offensive player of the week, most likely
0: I would agree, yeah, I think you're right no, I don't have you know I'm not standing here looking at the sheets, but um hard to imagine I know McCaffrey had a good I know different people had good games, but I think Baker will be that guy. And he shook off that early, you know, disaster with the sack fumble. They're up 3 nothing. Now they're down 7-3. Those are the sort of things that just do you in for the day. Not not Mayfield. He kept fighting. So really interesting game, really interesting weekend. Um, we'll be back to talk to Todd Bowles later this afternoon. Probably around 12. I haven't seen the schedule yet. It's probably around 12.30, 12, 12.30, somewhere around 12 12.15. And um, get his latest on Devin White, what they're going to do with him, if anything. That's going to be a story. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow a little bit more about that Rays trade. I guess that thing's final now, right?
1: It is, yes. Tyler Glass now, Manuel Margot, both Dodgers. And $4 million going their way as well. Nice. And then the Rays got back uh, Johnny DeLuca and Ryan Pepiet. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correct, but...
0: Well, you may not see him in the majors for a while, so don't worry about it. Um
1: No, these guys these guys aren't your young prospects that are ways away. These are more major straight, league ready
0: prospects. Straight major league roster. That's okay. one
1: that's, well, it's possible they may do some AAA this year, but they they wanted prospects back in this trade that were closer to MLB ready or ready to at least contribute some. The, yeah. They weren't looking to to leverage Glass now, who pile. was, you know, yeah. they're probably their ace of the staff to for a guy Green. that's going to come up 5 years from now. Like they wanted more major league ready players. But with well, that's more control good. and cheaper.
0: Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Like they don't they don't swing and miss on many. I'd be willing to I'd be willing to bet. I'm not sure what they're going to do with their starting staff. Like who's going to be the ace and Shane Bow's going to come back? Or well, it's got
1: to be Eflin you know. as your ace going in, and then you figure it out point, from there. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, he did a really nice job a year ago. So, mm-hmm. but that that trade went through. Um, the lightning with a bad road trip i thought could they left been a little a, bit as better. john
1: cooper said left a lot of points out there they one they took out 4 out of 10 points one went, went 2 and 3 um yeah. saturday night in calgary bad first two periods turned it on a little bit in the third but when you're down 3-0 going in the third it's hard to come back oh, you got two good. but then you know couldn't finish it mm-hmm. uh they they're uh, the team's off today they'll play host the blues tomorrow
0: night Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. So win, 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 Buccaneers. Yeah. Back to the playoffs, maybe.
1: Yeah. And bowl games galore this week. A bunch over the on Saturday. What's that? Bowl games galore this week.
0: There was a bunch on Saturday. Yeah, there was there was a bunch on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looking forward to the bowl season. Gosh, it's almost Christmas. I don't know what I'm getting anybody. One week, probably. Probably coal. I'm thinking coal right now is a good gift. I know. It's just that it, it, it's, I, the one thing I will enjoy <laughs> when I'm not doing this job again is the holidays. Like football, just like they play. We get a game on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve this year.
1: At least they're both at home for you.
0: Last year, I was in Arizona on Christmas Day. That was depressing. Yes, that was. Tell you. Yeah. Only good thing about Christmas Day is I flew out the day of the game because the time zone worked for me in this case and no one flies on christmas day like nobody mm-hmm. so it was awesome <laughs> but that was that was about it it was really the only uh, only positive and yep. the bucks won down there i think uh I think tom brady got it done against the cardinals
1: my family used stick. to go to vegas for thanksgiving every year oh wow that's crazy w- when when we had a bun- now a bunch of us have kids so we don't do that anymore but at the time Bunch yeah. of cousins and you know my sure. sister and our parents and stuff would all go to Vegas big time, yeah. And we'd all fly out Thanksgiving morning. Airports are mm-hmm. empty. It's it awesome, Because it awesome. like, right? everybody's trying to get there for Thanksgiving. We were like, we'll go <laughs> out
0: Thanksgiving morning. We didn't care. Exactly. Same thing with Christmas. It's it's not I'll be home the day of Christmas. It's I'll be <laughs> home for Christmas. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah, that was. But it's just that's football, man. Like that's the league. That's the fat ball season. You don't realize what you miss until you miss it. But anyway, it was at least, um, at least it always, to me, this is, you know, one of the birthplaces of the NFL here in in Green Bay was so unique and seeing it through the eyes of a bunch of people in the organization um, that saw Lambeau for the first time. And Lambeau has been retrofitted. It's you know got a brick facade, and they've you know added sky suites and things. It doesn't look like it did, um, you know, even 15 years ago. But it's still a cathedral. It's still I, the, one of the most unique cities in the NFL. Right, small, small Wisconsin town, stadium essentially in a neighborhood. Like it's really different up here. Um, so I was glad I got to see that again. Got to, I've, I realized that I've probably been up here over 20 times. And, um, don't know how many more chances I'll get to do that, but I really took it in this time and, and, uh, and really enjoyed it. And, you know, fortunately the weather was good and nobody got stuck in the cold or the ice or the snow and everything's good. So we'll be back tomorrow. Appreciate you guys listening. We've got a ton of mailbag questions. Um, you, I know there's going to be a bunch of them after this game, you can send them in anytime, um, to us on Twitter at sports day, TV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or, my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Tampa Bay, tampabay.com. Whew, it's late. I'm not ready to go. I can't go, Steve. I can't go, but I'm going to go. So appreciate you guys listening. For Steve Nick, I'm Rick Stroud. Tampa Bay Times. Have a great, I guess you'd call it, Victory Monday, everybody.